Welcome back to another episode of Peter's Proffer here in the courtroom of current events. And hurricane season is upon us here in Florida. So we have gotten an expert in to talk about the emergency procedures and evacuation procedures when a natural disaster like a hurricane is coming. He's a deputy fire chief of one of the local fire departments around here. He deals with this stuff when hurricanes are coming. We're going to get into how it works, what the procedures are, why you need to follow them, and what happens if you don't follow them. And you're one of the people that stays with the sinking ship or you know will never leave your house. You've seen enough hurricanes that haven't destroyed your house. You want to see what this one's going to do. We'll talk about why that's a problem and what the issues and penalties can be if you do that. So we're uh, pumped for this week's episode. We love having you guys with us. Like our page on Facebook, Peter's Proffer. Like our uh, law uh, law office page, the Tragos Law page on there as well. And on uh, Instagram, Twitter, things like that. All social media, we're at Tragos Law. And we just want to hear from you guys. If you have listener questions, we want to hear what platforms you're listening on. We want to hear what podcast you're listening to. We want to hear from you guys. Let us know. We'd love to do more topics that you guys are interested in. Uh, But for this week, enjoy the show. Okay, today's guest is actually a very good friend of mine. He is uh, Jason Gennaro. He is the Deputy Chief at Eastlake Fire Fire Rescue. Uh, He is in charge of fire prevention operations. He is a paramedic. He's served Eastlake since uh, 1996. He's a graduate of the Executive uh, Fire Officer Program at the National Fire Academy uh, up in Maryland. Uh, by the way, that program only accepts about 200 students nationwide each year. He's been Firefighter of the Year at Eastlake. And frankly, I think um, he's just an overall great guy and always willing to help uh, anybody that needs him. So thank you very much, Chase, for, for being with us today. Thank you, Mr. Sardis and Mr. Tragos. What an honor it is to be here with you. Yeah, and we're, we're excited about it, and we really enjoy doing these types of topics because it's something that people always experience but don't necessarily know a lot about. So we're going to focus on what uh, needs to happen in you know hurricane situations, emergency situations, how you guys come up with those policies, and what people need to know about the importance of following them. Right. Um, let me ask you this. How does this all kind of start? I, I know that there's an emergency management plan that uh, some governmental agency puts out there, and I guess it gives you all as a emergency first responders kind of your guidance, right? Absolutely. We have a comprehensive emergency management plan in Pinellas County, and that's basically our operational information of what we do in situations such as hurricanes or some sort of uh, man-made disaster or terrorism. And when you guys, uh, I guess, you have your plan uh, in place, how do you get notified that, for example, a hurricane's coming and we should probably start thinking about you know, preparation? How, do you, how does that all get uh, disseminated from the county to you all as fire departments? Well, uh, we're, we're plugged into their website, and we have uh, an app, actually, that keeps us informed, just like anybody else in Pinellas County can get. We actually have several methods that we get this information. One, we have the app with any storm notification. And two, we get the emails through Pinellas County. And anyone in Pinellas County can sign up for those on the Pinellas County Emergency Management website under the uh, National Hurricane Center uh, to to get some of that information. And that information can be obtained uh, in reference to the storm notifications, TV, radio, social media, 
and, and whatnot. What is your guys' kind of first step once you realize there may be an emergency situation, whether it be a hurricane or, like you're saying, an active shooter or something like that where you may have to have some part in it? Well, obviously, understand, awareness is the first key. We have to aware, be aware of what's going on. And then once we're made aware of what's going on, we have those protocols in place through the Pinellas County Comprehensive Emergency Management Plan that kind of dictates what we do. Uh, as an example, we have certain procedures that take place 96 hours out from when the hurricane is expected to, to have landfall, 72 hours, 48, 24, and so on, to make sure we have all the provisions in place to prepare for whatever the uh, emergency incident like a hurricane would be. Um, let me ask you, because I actually get notifications from, for tropical updates, for example. And when you all receive notice of a tropical update, what triggers you guys as an emergency uh, first responders to actually say, all right, now we've got to, I'm just making it up, get the trucks fueled up. We've got to get, you know, a second shift in here ready to go in case, you know, something catastrophic happens. How does that all kind of fall into play for you all? Well, that, again, is, is covered in the Comprehensive Emergency Management Plan with exactly what we do, just like some of the examples like, that you gave us, uh, fueling all of the trucks, m making sure all those loose things around the fire station are picked up. Uh, 96 hours and 72 hours is when we call additional personnel if those personnel are needed, depending on the severity of the storm. And that's how those, those things come together, based on how far away the hurricane is. And how do you guys determine how many uh, first responders you're going to need when everybody else is evacuating? How many people do you call in and say you're going to have to work these shifts? Is it kind of all hand all hands on deck for the firefighters and paramedics? How do you kind of determine how much help you're going to need in manpower? Oh yeah, we're going to call all of the shifts in. If there's a hurricane that's projected to have landfall in Pinellas County. We're going to call everyone in except for the administrative support staff. So the financial administrator and the office manager, obviously, are not going to be called in because they're not operational personnel. But all the operational people will be called in to assist because it is, like you said, all hands on deck to make sure that we're properly prepared. And what and what do you guys do? What, let's say a hurricane hits, whether it's a direct hit or most of the time what we have is kind of an ancillary hit where there are some winds and rain and some trees knocked down and things like that. What is kind of your actual activity while that's going on? Great question. So basically, once we've taken care of all the provisions prior to landfall at 96, 72, 48, 24 hours, once the hurricane gets in the area, there's a determination made on when it's not safe to res respond to emergencies anymore. And of course, we have a we have an, a county SOG for that. It's based on weather, how what, how many miles an hour the the wind gusts are. So uh, there's a determination made by the chief on when we stop doing that based on weather. And then once that happens, the emergency calls are put on hold. And once the hurricane passes, then we're going to be doing uh, search and rescue and damage assessments of the area. If there's anybody injured, we'll take we'll care for them. And we'll also do a damage assessment to send to Pinellas County Emergency Management so they know what kind of damage and what other resources, state or federal, we're going to need for assistance. 
So when, when that's happening, are you guys responding to calls or are you just going out looking for that? Well, we're going to, simultaneously, we'll do both. Because some people's power's out, phones aren't working, they can't call you, but you guys are out there looking for people that you can help. Absolutely. We're going to do a, a two-part question, so let me, let me answer that. With the, the search and rescue and damage assessment, we're going to separate assignments for all of the grids or all of the areas in our fire district to make sure every street and every area is covered, to make sure that if there is someone out there, we drove by. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the emergency calls, we would run simultaneously. We would have units assigned to run emergency calls and also units assigned to do damage assessment to make sure we get every grid in our district. Let me switch gears, if I may, uh, and talk about evacuation zones. Uh, anybody that's lived in Florida for more than 15 minutes knows that there are you know, different zones for evacuating uh, people away from coastal areas. And, and we here in Pinellas County are pretty much a coastal area. Uh, so I guess when you, how do you all get notified that there are going to be evacuations? And, and what does the fire department do, if anything, when you're notified? As far as residential evacuations are concerned, all that information is, is on the Pinellas County Emergency Management website regarding what zone people are on, are in, and there's also at most fire stations, police stations, and libraries, there's a hurricane preparedness guide that kind of outlines all of the uh, evacuation areas that are labeled A through E, and of course that that represents the storm surge. Uh, a, which is red, is up to 11 feet of storm surge. That's the amount of water that comes comes in from the storm. Up to an E, which is 35 feet of storm surge. Okay, so depending on how much, I guess, weather they're expecting to come in, we'll designate um, what zones have to evacuate. When there's an evacuation order, um, what happens, I guess, when people just ignore that order? Well, that's another great question. What ends up happening, most people are compliant, and most people will, will leave when they have to because, as you stated, if they've been in Florida more than 15 minutes and they've seen the damage of a hurricane, they understand the seriousness of the event. Um, there are some instances where people do not want to leave their homes for whatever reason. Clearly, it's a safety-related issue because we're concerned about life safety. I know a lot of people that we've come some people that we've come across are concerned about keeping their property secure, but at the end of the day, it's really about life safety. And even though you may have some property that you want to make sure is safe and after the storm you want to make sure it's not looted. However, the, the dangerousness of that storm and the life safety risks that are taken, clearly it's a, a better idea to evacuate. So what happens if they don't? Getting back, getting back to the question, um, the order is given by Pinellas County Emergency Management to evacuate a specific zone. Law enforcement a lot of times will help um, now it is a it is illegal to stay on in your home when there's a mandatory evacuation order under Florida state statute and law enforcement 
does have the authority to arrest people, that's, that's, that doesn't happen too often. Um, law enforcement is, is usually busier uh, taking care and helping out with evacuation of these, of these evacuation zones more so than they would need to arrest people. Uh, but they, they could do it. So it's actually a criminal penalty if you stay in your home when you've been mandatorily evacuated? Correct. I believe it's Florida State Statute uh, 252.38. Interesting. Is there Does there come a point where you know somebody waits too long and then they call you guys and they're like hey I, I want to evacuate now but you know my car is underwater or I can't or whatever it is that does happen and it's unfortunate because a lot of times when that happens our units are already responding to other emergencies and our help is, is somewhat limited uh, of course, we're going to try to do everything that we can, but once that weather and that, that speed of the wind kicks up beyond our SOG, we're not permitted to go out and respond to emergencies. Yeah, and, and In essence, when people do that, when they fail to follow the order and they stay at home, and then they're looking for help from 911, that puts additional strain on our fire and EMS system. Not to mention it's it's the most dangerous time you could go out and try to help them is at that point when it was safe to evacuate and now it's not safe to evacuate and you have medical or emergency personnel going out there when they shouldn't. Exactly. Right. Let me take it one step back. Let's presume that there's an evacuation order and there are people that are just incapable of evacuating, either they're, you know, for physical health purposes or age or whatever the case may be, is there anything those people can do to gain assistance to evacuate? Absolutely. There is a special needs registry that is on the website for Pinellas County Emergency Management. And the special needs registry is for those individuals who need assistance evacuating. So a lot of times uh, what we do in, in our fire district and all the other 18 fire districts do the same thing, is they have a special needs registry. So somebody, the person who needs a special needs evacuation or one of their loved ones, uh, contacts us every year and keeps us surprised of what their needs are. Some folks just need help ambulating to uh, a bus to go to the uh, shelter. Some people might need an actual ambulance and a stretcher. So. Pinellas County has the special needs registry, and we also, East Lake Fire Rescue also has a special needs registry for those who live in our fire district to make sure that those who need assistance can be transported to a shelter before the storm comes. So I think most people know that a firefighter's responsibility and paramedic's responsibility in these types of situations is to help render aid, transport people to hospitals and medical facilities when they can. But why don't you talk a little bit about what your role is? I think you've mentioned it, but the damage assessment. What role do firefighters and paramedics play in that? The the relief for that damage that's done, clearing trees out of the road, whatever it is, what is your role when it comes to the non-medical side of hurricane relief and disaster relief? Got it. So after the storm has passed, as far as damage assessment is concerned, you kind of kind of mentioned one thing, 
obviously, uh, as far as our critical infrastructure is concerned, we want to make sure that the roads are open, people, the utility trucks can get back in there to make sure people get water, uh, running water back, they get electricity back. In addition to that, as I mentioned before, we do a complete sweep of the grid to make sure that we don't run into anybody who is sick or injured, and the damage assessment is done on all structures, and any of the any damage that is found is reported to the Pinellas County Emergency Operations Center. That way, the EOC in Pinellas County has a good idea of the county-wide damage, so they can request additional state or federal resources. So you've mentioned a couple different acronyms. I want to ask what they are. What is SOG? SOG is the Standard Operating Guideline. That's basically what we do in a specific situation or a specific event. And what's the EOC? The EOC is the Emergency Operations Center. That's where we have uh, our, our folks from emergency management from all the different command areas of uh, logistics and finance and operations who kind of oversee emergency operations during the hurricane. Is that who you report the damage assessments to? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. And then they kind of take it from there. Yeah. So let me ask this. So, you know, God forbid, worst case scenario, you know, direct hit. I always, we always see, and I hate to say it, you know, you see on the news uh, people standing on the roof of their homes, you know, waving at helicopters as they're flying by. In in a circumstance, for example, like that, where it's utter, you know, devastation, waters everywhere, I know by chance Eastlake happens to have a boat. So would you guys literally get in the boat, you know, put it out on the street and go door to door looking for, you know, people that are stranded? Absolutely. We've done that before. I, I worked for another fire rescue organization back when we had No Name Storm in 1993, and that's exactly what we did. We actually commandeered some boats and made sure that we went by every resident, even those who were on their roof or those who were uh, restricted to inside of their home because uh, uh, they, they didn't have the ability to ambulate on their own. So, yes. Yeah. So when we're talking about uh, damage assessment and search and rescue. That's also included if, for those who uh, are on, living on the water or there's storm surge that hasn't receded yet. So, Jason, as we finish up, what are some of the most important things that uh, people should know when looking out for either you know uh, prep preparation tips or during hurricane tips or evacuation tips? What are some of the important things that they should look out for or know? when dealing with emergency situations or potential disaster situations? When we're talking about specifically hurricanes, because that's, sure. that's, that's the, the meat of what we're talking about, I had mentioned before the emergency management website for Pinellas County has all of the information that you want. I also mentioned a lot of the uh, public safety buildings, such as fire stations, police stations, libraries, some area businesses have the Pinellas County Hurricane Preparedness Guide. And the, the, meat, the meat of this is, is really two things, is being aware of what's going on as far as weather is concerned. And I mentioned a lot of this stuff before in reference to how you can be aware of, of the weather and, and, and tropical conditions uh, through social media, there are news apps, websites, television, radio, etc. 
So awareness and being informed of the weather is one. And the second one is to have a plan. To have a plan with your family on what you're going to do because if you don't have a plan and we're 72 hours out from a hurricane, things might not end up well. So being aware and having a plan are the two most important things in reference to being prepared for a hurricane. Fantastic. Jason, thank you very much for taking the time to come on the podcast today and then helping people understand what it is that actually goes on behind the scenes. Thank you for having me on. It was an honor. I hope I provide you with all the information that you are looking for. And like I had mentioned earlier, all of this information is on the Pinellas County Emergency Management website, a, a great resource tool to look at, to make sure you're aware of what's going on and what's available to you as far as resources are concerned. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, gentlemen.